Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Mason Colon, host of MCNM podcast, and he's a tournament organizer, social media manager, and a mass communicator. Welcome to the show, Mason. How you doing? Nice to have me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you, especially when it's, it's such a lovely day here in New Delhi. As, as you can see, I'm so confident I'm using this natural light so that we can have a natural, normal conversation like two friends. So yep. we'll be trying to understand from you uh, because a lot of people are interested in animation and all that. So we'll be understanding about, you know, you host a an EAM podcast, MC and EAM podcast, and we'll be talking about communication. You have studied, uh, you have mass communications major, and we'll be talking about podcasting as well. So all three together, and that to going forward, what are the scope, what, what people can make of this particular industry for themselves. So first to understand from you, Mason, what exactly is this anime thing all about? Is it something related to animation? How, how would you explain it to a common person here in India? So, the term anime is short for animation. It's a interesting media platform in Japan where they actually emphasize their culture, lifestyle, and exaggerated uh, character plot into an actual animation. They take it very seriously. The adapted source material adapts from manga, which is a Japanese comic, and they, they instead of left to right, they read right to left. Okay, okay. So, in terms of, uh, you, you pronounce it as anime or a anime uh, or animation? How, how do I do? Uh, anime, anime itself is good. Uh, well, how you say animation, just say anime, and then there you go. Okay. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one thing I wanted to understand, uh, Mason, is that you are a mass communications major. Yes. Then a lot of people want to do podcasting on a lot of other stuff. Why did you choose this particular, you know, MC anime podcast? And, and especially focusing on anime. Why I want to understand is that is there so much of scope? in this particular uh, genre, in this particular line, that you can uh, have so many guests at the same time and also take your career forward as well as talk about, you know, things that can interest people. You know, in India, a lot of people are into animation. This will help them understand better if there is a, uh, there is a scope beyond what they are doing at the moment. All right. Let me ask the best I can. So with podcasting, you just have to find the area in which you're passionate about that you know the most about or give the most correspondence to give to the audience. That is where the key in finding podcasts and finding your niche, finding your thing that you can talk about that you bring to people and also plugging a business will actually help sustain that podcast as well. Now with animation specifically the global trend that goes with animation 
is usually the the imagination what you can do versus CGI. CGI is limited, but you can do a lot more with an, an animated or animation because of the simple fact that you draw it and put it in digital art. When you do the translation from like the drawing to the paddling to the actual moving of the animation and then add the color, it moves very smoothly. Things like Star Wars at the time when they filmed it was really hard because they had to like make real life objects on set as props. While animation, there is no really props. The only person on set most of the time is the voice actor in the studio recording the voices and doing the voiceovers. Okay, so how, how does it work? Is it like uh, the normal, if I'm asking from a layman's perspective, is it like a normal shoot that happens or editing that happens? Or is there a very specific process if you are doing videos with this sort of stuff? Well, a lot of it has to be digitally translated. So the drawings, are all, most of the, most animation is traditionally drawn. You also have 3D animation where it you can make it with graphics and do digital art instead. But basically the process you draw, think of like a sticky notes. You ever draw like a ball and keep drawing it up and up and up. And when you flip the sticky notes, the ball seems like it's moving. Anime or animation is making things come to life on paper and come alive on the screen. So they had to translate that process to a video format, and it takes a lot. It actually takes a really good amount of time to do it because it's not like you know, film go boom, music edit and all that stuff. It's literally the artist puts the entire drawing process of the frames one by one, and they each individually edit each frame to make it look good for the entire animation. Okay, okay. I wanted to understand from you, Mason, why take so much of trouble when easier options are available in terms of, you know, creating what you want? How is it, uh, how does it work? Is it because of the artistic value? Uh, or is it, is, what, what is it that uh, make people stick to this particular uh, thing in animation? I mean, it's the surrealism. It's things that you don't normally have in regular TV shows. Those things that are possible that's only possible with anime. And also in the medium, when you watch it, it just, you can get, if it's like really good, like fantasy genre, for example, or action, it's really good to get like really detailed scenes, detailing the animation, you can actually get into the intrinsic value and the artistic value. Plus, they take a lot of time with the subtitles, the music design. They they do a really good production, even though a lot of the production in Japan is like super deadline, very long hours in the week and all that stuff. They do it because it's so much in demand. Okay. Okay. One thing, you know, I wanted to understand is, you know, you also talk about comics. And so where do uh, this anime as well as comics come together? How did, how did you come firstly, you know, put them together into your, into the stuff that you do today? Funny thing is, um, 
so in high school, I started rewatching uh, DC comics and Marvel animated TV shows. This was a cartoon or animated or animated series based off those books and those comic companies, like Spider Man, Static Shock, Teen Titans. So when I start rewatching those shows when I was a child, it also started the trend of watching some of the old anime I used to watch, like Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Because at the time, I didn't think that they were anime. But when I found out that they were, the from Japan, it just caused a rabbit hole for me to go watch more anime. Okay. And that's the thing. A lot of times, the introduction to anime, you don't know you might have been previously introduced to it, but didn't know at the time that it was actually anime. Okay. Okay. So, what are you trying to do? Firstly, in the sense, you are blogging under the MC, MC Anime, mm-hmm. and now you are uh, doing that podcast. What is your mission with this podcast? Uh, is it is it about that surrealism, or is it is it helping in terms of your uh, building a profile or a brand for yourself? through your podcast, focused on anime. So what I want to establish in the podcast is take the coverage that I do with anime, geek culture, Japanese aesthetics, and uh, Asian studies, and capitalize that into an original podcast where we do a deep dive on the subject at hand or the interview with a special guest, take a trip, take an authentic conversation, a glimpse in time, capture it, and go back and forth on the rebuttal process with the guest or myself and really show my enthusiasm, my opinion, and overall, I guess, deep dive on the subject. Okay. And what sort of a guest do you get on your podcast? The type of guest that I get, I have a wide-ranging guest because... I apply to so many different fandom activities and entertainment, like, you know, multimedia consumption, that you can be a singer, you can be a programmer, you can be a top scientist, you can be a, you know, a draw, you can be an artist. It really depends how I see you to fit on the podcast. So if I find a subject that you can talk about that you are super knowledgeable about and passionate about that relates to the one of those four categories, which most of the time, geek culture is actually a very versatile category. So a lot of things actually apply. I've had people talk about the favorite TV show, the favorite comic, the favorite music. I had you know, a voice actor on it before who did narration. She fit because she didn't have to do an anime voice actor, but even though she did work as a narrator, that's still applicable to what my brand was. And having someone like uh, transpersonal psychology, the reason why he was able uh, to be able to come on the podcast was because his work... It's about elevating your speech, the public speaking, how to do breathing exercises, to emphasize mindset, 
how to find the silence. So that was really interesting as a talking category for public speaking, which is a niche of acting and all that stuff. Okay. Okay. And how did you see that podcasting is the real medium for you to use, uh, to use, to take this particular message of yours about anime forward? Who are the type of audience? Who is the type of audience that you get for your podcast? Does it help into uh, what is it? Is it enough for you to get clients also through uh, through podcasting or is it that these are two different things and you have to uh, strive on your own to, you know, get work beyond podcasting? How do you do that? So there's an in the industry. Podcasting is about 6% successful. That's a success rate for a big <laughs> podcast to take off. Now, if you don't fall within that 6%, what you have to do, you can still find an audience, build it up, and have, because there's a huge audience in podcasting, you just have to work in a different way. That's why having an established business, having something to be like a product or a, a merchandise or a service to provide as a plug-in for the podcast is a supplementary business plan because a lot of people launch a podcast with an already established business. So they already have clients with that business and they're using the podcast to reach more people to talk about, let's say you open a programming business. Then if you had that clientele from previous, you can take that previous following, apply it to the podcast and have an totally new following and still promote your business in a better way. Right. Why I asked this question was, Mason, is that a lot of people use podcasting, especially podcast guests, as a a good marketing tool in today's time. Yes. That helps them, you know, take their message forward. So are your clients, are your guests also look at the same thing in terms of, coming when they are coming on to your podcast? Or oh, absolutely. is it that they are coming for surrealism or is it much more for the love of animation? How does it help them uh, so that? Because if we just look at only purely from the surrealism part, that is also fine. But in terms of taking the podcast industry forward and making it an emphatic uh, podcast uh, marketing tool, uh, how do they see that? In my case, I see a lot of people talk about, you know, their own industry, about their books, about their about their brands, about elevating their brand, launching their products, services. So it works from them. I'm trying to understand from your perspective, how does it work for your guests? Well, I have a wide range of perspective. So I do have people talk about what they do for a job, the industry and stuff like that. But sometimes I've had people, for example, I had The Matrix. I was at an event. That person wanted to talk about the spirituality of The Matrix. She was a life coach. But the spirituality of The Matrix was totally separate. But she found a category to talk about that she was super passionate about. It was actually her idea to talk about The Matrix and how it showed the spirituality, the blue pill versus the red pill. 
how you had the choice, you have the freeware to choose what you want to do. That really cemented with her because she was a spiritual life coach and actually gave wisdom to people to turn their life around for encouragement. So that is one way that not all the time do they plug in their business, but they actually, for me, they provide authentic conversation about their passion or a particular topic they're really interested in that's not necessarily their plug-in for their job. That's very interesting, you know, and that's very interesting to look at this sort of a podcast from a spirituality point of view. And in fact, I would be very interested to know more about that conversation if that happened. Because, uh, because this is something where you actually take things beyond the normal level. That you actually put two things so nicely together that it can achieve something uh, much, much larger, much, much bigger. And that is where you put uh, even, even the science part of it with the human part of it and come out something much more relevant for, for humans. Because more and more technology uh, that we are entering into, and especially as we enter into 2023. And talking about technology, Mason, uh, with so much of uh, AI coming into what we are creating, even in terms of copywriting, even in terms of videos, and also in terms of images, that you write a few words and it will create, you know, Dal, Dal, how do a Dali E and all that stuff that you, and there are many of them coming up, uh, they have come up. You type a few words what you want and it will throw up an image. Is it a challenge for the anime uh, industry? Is it a challenge for creativity that AI will start doing what you were as a human doing it? How do you see that happening? Or Here's will... the thing. AI is very limited. You can get so advanced AI that it can potentially make a show. But the thing is... The one thing that AI will not be able to capture is the individualism in the drawing itself. When people draw, they draw with a style, they draw with a purpose. The AI, the AI doesn't have that training because it's, it's really hard to program individualism in an AI. The AI is only going to do what the programming does it do. So the limitation there is that it's not able to connect well with the audience if an AI did the animation. That's just my opinion. And I also see there'll be a disconnect because a lot of people, when they say, oh, it's by an AI, they're not going to really take it seriously. And within good reason, there's a lot of projects where there's a lot of uh, check back to the AI to actually make sure it did it correctly because the AI is only as perfect as the programmer itself. And even the programmer has faults that they have to go back and check. So it's not going to be as perfect as you want it. Okay. So there is there is a lot the of potential. Human quality. Right. The human there is, quality. There, is, there will be continuing. Con, it will continue to have a lot of potential about human creativity. That's what you say. I also, if you ask me personally, I also believe that humans will continue to have that uh, individualism and that is very difficult for any sort of 
uh, AI in the at least in the near future. That's with that belief. But in terms of a person who's wanting to a student who wants to get into this animation industry, a lot of people are already in 3D animation and all that stuff. In terms of anime, anime, uh, what would you tell them? Is it how do they make use uh, of this particular thing that you are doing and elevate their career? How do they integrate much more of this surrealism stuff into what they are doing and achieve better in terms of creativity as well as career? Well, if you want to be in animation and work in the industry, you have to develop talent for either digital art or physical drawing. You need to have that handled down good because animation and comics are very, like, you know, person drawing, background drawing. It's a lot of things that you need to have established information beforehand to be able to do. So with, with anyone jumping into the industry, I would say have that background so you can actually go back on when you basically it makes it easier to study because if you don't have that background and you try to do animation you might not be able to learn as as quickly as you want it because that takes a lot of years to develop a style with drawing within digital art that it can take a little while to learn not everyone's a quick learner to that stuff because that's very individual and very sometimes slow paced learning. Right, right. One more question on this is, uh, Mason, is that I, I do not know how to draw. I don't even try now. But there are so many tools available uh, that even without knowing drawing, you can create a lot of digital art using so many tools available yeah and a person yeah so is it uh how do you see that is that enough for a person to become a good artist a creator yeah or is it, it that can somebody, be yes or such su su or is it that you need to have that real artistic understanding to understand those nuances and even surrealism that you talked about? Well, to particularly draw, draw is a medium that a lot of people, even if they do graphic design, they have a hard time understanding because graphic design is totally different style. Because when you make a poster, you know, a banner or whatever, you know, cover art-wise with the digital art, Yes, you can draw, you can do backgrounds and illustration and stuff with it in, as well. And you might be able to do character-wise, but you have to, drawing, you still need to have a structure to the drawing. You can have that background, but you still need to learn how to draw humans, draw animals, draw specific small details in the backdrop. So you still gotta have to take a course to learn how to do it. It's not you can't really escape it. You still have to have that understanding, that foundation of drawing an eye, you know, how to make the eye look good, draw the head that's shaped the head, 
how to fold the hair right. That's all and still important. So if you have a background like in graphic design or other artistic field, then that is an easy adaptation to drawing, to human or portrait style. You know, you can try portrait or human drawing, but you have to take, you still have to take, you have to advance your learning in that area. If you want to do well in it, you need to have an understanding. You need to have an understanding. So my last question to you is, uh, what is most important uh, if you want to create something good? Do you need to have the uh, tools or you need to have a good heart to visualize things? What is the most important thing when you are looking to create something special? When you want to create something special, first, getting the skills. You try and give it up. If you're not good at first, eventually you're going to have a, a, a good loading curve with yourself. Getting with the right people to teach you how to do it is also important. The tools can come later. The tools don't have to come immediate. But when you get the tools, it's good to have a firm foundation of how to use the tools to do good in the industry that you're doing the artistic vision for. And also... Be open to new ideas because those new ideas can present themselves in your project that you want to take inspiration from. Take inspiration from things that you think will be a cool idea to translate to another project and really have a background and network yourself to be able to not only challenge yourself, keep new learning every day, but have a passion that drives you to learn that artistic field. Right, right, Mason. And how do people who want to learn from you, how to know to know more about you, want to connect with you? How do they do that? Uh, you can connect with me. Um, so if you want to see the podcast, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and uh, Spotify. I'm also launching a YouTube channel. It's on backlog. I'm putting into reactive images with uh, wave length capture, but that will be behind. You know, that's being updated because it's late to the game with YouTube channel. Uh, I'm at www.ncmapodcast.com where I do live updates of the podcast itself and posts of you know blogs, well, old blogs that I have as posts and then current posts with guest appearances and stuff. And then I'm also on Patreon at blog, blog MC Anime if you want to uh, give out crowdfunding donations. I'm also available on PayPal. Um, social media-wise, I'm on Facebook at Blog MC Anime. Twitter is at Mason Kalan. And uh, Instagram is at MCAnime Podcast. And you can find me. That's the main ways you can find me. Wonderful. I'm sure a lot of people will find you uh, for their more learning as well as, you know, uh, to connect with you to do business. And if you want to uh, connect with me business-wise, blogmcanime at chamber.com is my email. That's B-L-O-G-M-C-A-M-A-N. A-N-I-M-E at gmail.com. 
And I'm also available on Fiverr as well for freelance work if you want me to help you with production services, writing, and idea consulting. Right, Mason, right. I'll also include some of this information in the YouTube description so that it becomes easy for them to connect with you. So thank you very much for coming on to the show. Mason, it's a pleasure to talk to you about such wonderful stuff. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for me being here. It was lots of fun.